Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Join me at Sonic Cinema Patreon at patreon.com backslash sonic cinema. There you'll enjoy early access reviews, exclusive commentary, and uh, audio um, takes on my music as well as uh, movies. Um, I have some video that I took during uh, Dragon Con this past year that I shared with uh, patrons uh, this past month, as well as a bunch of other stuff as far as talking about my book, talking about different things as far as film goes. And that is all at patreon.com backslash cinema. I hope you join me with that. Um, today, I am doing a bit of a different podcast. I had a few other episodes that I had in mind for uh, this month in addition to the DragonCon one, but I decided to do something a little bit different. And Part of it was somewhat inspired by Dragon Con. We're going to be looking at a couple of films that I have a uh, personal connection to. Not in the sense that I, I didn't work on these films, I didn't help make these films, but these are films that have had a uh, profound impact on me the past couple of years. Uh, surprisingly enough, they are both superhero movies. We'll, we'll begin with... Um, a bit of backstory on me, uh, if you're not familiar with this already, I think I've talked about it at times uh, in certain different reviews, and I think one of the movies I'm discussing today, I discussed that in my review. Um, if you had asked me uh, 11 years ago on this day what I was, what my life might be like 10 years from then, I wouldn't have been able to tell you, not just because I, you know, I can't predict how my life was going to go, but I also wouldn't have been able to tell you because I was actually in a medically induced coma at that point. Uh, it was on September 21st in 2007, I was hospitalized with pneumonia and a collapsed lung, and uh, part of that was... A lot of that had to do with the fact that I was not taking care of myself physically the way that I uh, should have. Um, I'd been coughing uh, and been diagnosed asthmatic for a couple of years, but I wasn't really taking care of myself the way I should. And uh, the week leading up to the 21st, I was very, very short of breath to the point where I could barely uh, sleep. And um, then one night I went to work, and I wasn't able to finish my shift, and so my general manager sent me home, and then I tried to go home. I tried to get comfortable. I couldn't. My parents uh, took me to the emergency room where I was admitted into the ER uh, immediately because I was my, my face was purple. And the last thing I remembered was going back to one of the uh, beds and laying down and then closing my eyes. And the next time when I woke up, uh, I was in ICU. It was a Sunday. It was Sunday the 30th. Um, 
I remembered it was a Sunday because football was on. And I did not realize until I was still kind of out of it um, because, I mean, you know, if they put you in a medically induced coma, that means that they're uh, pumping you with uh, drugs for specific reasons. And uh, so that's that's... I was a bit groggy for a couple of days there, and then um, I had the realization with when a couple of uh, fellow managers, including my future wife, came to visit, that I had been, I missed not just the weekend, because it was a Friday when I went into the hospital, I missed eight days. So that was eight days of my life that I will never get back. And uh, that had that moment had profound impact on me, and it forced me to realize that I really needed change. What I was doing physically, and you know, I I will be the first to admit that I haven't completely um, I haven't completely done that. But the fact of the matter is, eleven years later, I'm in a much better place physically now than I was then. Before my hospitalization, it occurred to me that there were also emotional issues and mental issues I wasn't taking care of as well. And um, that, but I was still not quite at the point where I was ready to take care of them. And uh, partially inspired by... uh, my my physical struggles in this time, I ended up getting to the point where I had to uh, tackle those head on myself. And so, for the past ten years, I've been in therapy, starting out in group therapy because that was really the most comfortable way for me to start out, and then gradually going into uh, individual therapy about six years ago. Um. All of this is prologue to the uh, two movies that I'm wanting to discuss a little bit today. And the first one, what came out uh, right around this time, it was uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, which a lot of fans of Sam Raimi's uh, run at the Spider-Man series is the less... that are least favored for a lot of reasons, and they're valid reasons. Uh, if you were excited about Venom, if you were excited about, um, if you're not really a fan of uh, emo Peter Parker in the movie, I certainly completely understand that, and uh, those are completely valid reasons. But the thing that I loved about this, and why loved about it at the time, and why I still love about it, is that. And what I love about it even more is, and this boils down to my personal journey at this point, was the fact that um, I feel like Sam Raimi told a very uh, spot-on Peter Parker story. I, I think his story of where he takes Peter Parker, and yeah, Venom was basically forced on him by the studio. It's like, oh, we have to use... Venom, and it's like he didn't want to, but he he and uh, his brother Ivan, who wrote the script, uh, made it work, and they made it work because of the fact that 
they they made the symbiote uh, that basically turns him into Black Suit Spider-Man a <coughs> part of the story that Raimi was telling as far as Sandman, because Sandman in this movie is, for a time, we think that he's responsible for, he's the one who killed Uncle Ben. And uh, so that's that's one of the things that um, Sam Raimi, I think, did so beautifully in Spider-Man 3 is the fact that even though he didn't want Venom in the movie, even though he didn't want to necessarily do that storyline, and it is it does feel very tacked on the way it is, but the fact of the matter is, I think he worked it in beautifully because it's you you basically have Peter Parker um on top of the world in terms of his his emotional um him uh personally as far as being able to balance everything with Spider Man and Pete him, Peter Parker, school, uh Spider Man, uh, Mary Jane, all of that. And then all of a sudden this monkey wrench in terms of Sandman comes into play and then you have the symbiote that latches on to him and all of a sudden that that um that good feeling he's had just basically wipes away and it basically takes him to a place that he's not comfortable. He he doesn't necessarily he likes going to but at the same time shows his personal limitations at that point. And that's one of the things that when Spider Man three came out, that that's something that I really identified with because I was going through that emotional journey myself and it's something that really resonated with me and yeah it's i i'm just as much of not a fan of the of how ridiculous peter parker is after the black suit he becomes black suit spider-man and just how cocky and arrogant and ridiculous he is and um when things go south with Mary Jane and um it's it's one of those and it's it's absurd i can't stand it but the fact of the matter is i i still feel like the way Raimi tells that story and the way Toby Maguire tells that story and the way everybody tells that story is it's terrific it's really it's it's really spot on for the emotional journey that i think that Raimi was trying to take Peter on and so I think that I I felt felt that um Raimi made it work. I mean, I I think it's probably it's it's easily my favorite of the three movies even though I think Spider-Man 2 is the better film. I think overall I think Spider-Man 3 is my favorite because of the personal journey and the emotional journey that uh, Peter Parker goes on, and then you have that scene in you have that amazing scene in the church after he's basically hit his worst moment with uh, MJ, and inadvertently causing her harm, and that's 
and that's at that moment where it's like he hits his rock bottom and he realizes he needs to get he needs to change and uh that that's that's one of my that's always been one of my favorite moments um in in the movie and then you have the scene in the church where he gets rid of the he he gets the symbiote off of him and uh Brock happens to be there and you know becomes venom and the rest of the movie ensues but there are so many just great um there's so many great emotional beats I think in that movie and the the thing that is always just fantastic to me about um Spider-Man 3 is it's it's that it's that emotional turmoil that uh Raimi puts Peter in that's even that's beyond anything he's seen in the previous movies and really anything I think we've seen in any of the Spider-Man movies and the way he pulls himself pulls out of it in a believable fashion in a way that really I think can connect with a lot of people who have had those struggles in their own lives and that's one of the and yeah Spider-Man 3 is entertaining it's got good moments it's got not so great moments but ultimately it is that it is that personal story that is really effective and so when I was um when I was hospitalized when I was working on getting my uh physical health back it's like that's one of those movies that when that I really I I really respond to and I respond to it before that happened, but I respond to it even more then because I, I felt like it's like okay, I was at my lowest moment. Now it's about you know how do I get back to, how do I get back there, to where I want to be, and that's one of the things I've always loved about Spider-Man Three. And it's also something that really uh, connected with me when it came to. The second movie that I want to touch on, I mean, this is going to be a shorter one, but it's it's also going to be a bit more personal. And uh, it's another Marvel movie, but it's from the official Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's Scott Derrickson's uh, Doctor Strange. came out a couple of years ago. And uh, it's probably one of my favorite uh, MCU origin stories and probably one of my favorite MCU movies, period. Um this in and it's interesting because Ming uh Ming Benedict Wong, hashtag team Wong, um at at Dragon Con, this this is this is sort of like where the idea for this episode came from because um one of the things I really liked about Doctor Strange, the thing that really resonates with me is the emotional journey. Is is the spiritual journey of Stephen Strange throughout that movie, and watching it uh, after watching the movie again after Dragon Con really hit me even more so. Just how much this reflects this this movie reflects the exactly the journey that I found myself on after my hospitalization because. Strange's story in this movie is not just about getting his body back 
to where it can do the things that he wants he could do before it's also about it's also about realizing that he has to find something in himself he's got to change himself emotionally he's got to open himself up emotionally in a way that he's uncomfortable with and because of the fact that he's just not really wanting to that's that's why he has such a hard time when he when he starts out is that he the spiritual part of that is the part that makes him uncomfortable the emotional part of dealing with his trauma the physical stuff he's <coughs> he's a brilliant surgeon he knows what he needs to do in that respect he knows what he wants to do to get himself back into that realm but the thing that he has to realize throughout that movie and especially at the beginning of that movie when he goes out and searches for the ancient one and uh <coughs> to see what um the one uh, patron patient played by Benjamin Bratt uh discovered and how he got um healed is that there's a spiritual connection to not just his body but just this idea of faith that doesn't really mix with the analytical um the analytical part of our brains uh unless we really are pushed to figure it out for ourselves and that's one of the things that and this is where like Doctor Strange really connects with me even more than Spider-Man 3 did because Spider-Man 3 happened at the moment but Doctor Strange watching it again recently it felt like a reflection of what I went through because not only am I having to sort of put my body together and make sure my body is healthy and able to continue on but also it occurred to me that how much I need to get my mind straight and how much I need to get myself into a mindset to where it's like I had I'd fallen off of the more you realize when how broken your mind can be that's the moment where you can really start to feel that and really become aware of how much um how much growth there is uh that we need to get to and that's what and that's the thing that makes Doctor Strange's journey in uh that movie so powerful to me i mean the movie is fantastic digitally Derrickson does a great job with the images and it's an exciting adventure movie but it's it's that personal part of it um that that just it it's like spider-man 3 where it's like that personal aspect of it just really um there's something about it that resonates with me and it's like and <clears throat> the thing i wrote down as i was coming up with the idea of this podcast with it's like Doctor Strange's story was me figuring out who I was after hitting my emotional bottom, almost after almost dying from my own carelessness. And that's very true. That's exactly what happened. 
is because I I got careless in my life physically and I was literally minutes away from dying. And so it occurred to me as I got out of the hospital, as I tried to get my health back to where it was, to where I could resume my regular life, that I had work to do mentally. But it wasn't until months later that I realized just how far, just how far off the beaten path I had gotten and that I needed to figure out a way to get to that place where I was not only physically healthy, but emotionally healthy and mentally healthy as well. And that was the harder journey. And that's the journey that Strange finds himself in in that movie. That's the journey Peter Parker finds himself in in that movie. And uh, that's that's one of the things that, and that's the main thing that I wanted to talk about and wanted to shine light on why those two movies in particular mean a lot to me. Um, so there's not too much. I didn't really want to talk too much about them on a critical standpoint uh, because, I mean, you can read my reviews. My reviews, I still feel the same way about the movies now from a critical standpoint that I did when I saw them in 2007 and 2016, respectively. This was more about sharing something uh sort of how these movies relate to me on a personal level and uh, just sort of digging into that a bit as far as the way that storytellers, you know, like Scott Derrickson, like Sam Raimi, which is funny because both of them are horror filmmakers, uh, traditionally horror filmmakers, who found themselves making large blockbuster movies and find something personal to say in them. And that's one of the things that is uh, impressive, and that's that's why it's hard to really um, pigeonhole genre filmmakers within genre, because ultimately filmmakers of any genre are capable of stories that go deeper. And I, Ramey and Derrickson and these movies, certainly I feel, did that to me personally. And I think they probably did to other people um, beyond just being entertained movies. And, I mean, you know, these aren't the only, you know, genre movies that have had this type of impact on, but there are two that um, have had a deeper and usual impact on on me. Uh, and just thinking about um, how far I've come in the past 10, 11 years since... Um, since my hospitalization, since I started therapy, um, it was it was just something I wanted to discuss, and just sort of a big convergence of events, you know, sort of inspired me to uh, talk about them. So uh, that's all that I really have for now. Um, in October, I've got it's going to be October Horror Month again for me personally. I don't know. Uh, I've I've got at least one horror I've got at least a couple of horror related ones as well as uh podcasts in mind as well as another one on a uh, filmmaker who can who who's known for horror of a different kind and uh a friend of mine and I will be hopefully discussing that as well as uh, if you go to patreon.com backslash sonic cinema 
I'll have a little bit more on all the couple of early access reviews and uh, hopefully one for uh, one of the uh, classics, beloved classics of the genre. And uh, maybe I'll probably do another uh, early access review too. I'm not quite sure what that other movie will be, but we'll see. Um, anyway, for now though, uh, that is... My name's Brian Scuttle. Thank you very much for joining me on the Sonic Cinema Podcast, and thank you very much.